on the admission of women to the rights of citizenship by nicholas de condorcet seventeen forty three to seventeen ninety four this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org on the admission of women to the rights of citizenship by nicholas de condorcet custom may familiarize mankind with the violation of their natural rights to such an extent that even among those who have lost or been deprived of these rights no one thinks of reclaiming them or is even conscious that they have suffered any injustice certain of these violations of natural right have escaped the notice of philosophers and legislators even while concerning themselves zealously to establish the common rights of individuals of the human race and in this way to lay the foundation of political institutions for example have they not all violated the principle of the equality of rights in tranquilly depriving one half of the human race of the right of taking part in the formation of laws by the exclusion of women from the rights of citizenship could there be a stronger proof of the power of habit even among enlightened men than to hear invoked the principle of equal rights in favor of perhaps some three hundred or four hundred men who had been deprived of it by an absurd prejudice and forget it when it concerns some twelve million women to show that this exclusion is not an act of tyranny it must be proved either that the natural rights of women are not absolutely the same as those of men or that women are not capable of exercising these rights but the rights of men result simply from the fact that they are rational sentient beings susceptible of acquiring ideas of morality and of reasoning concerning those ideas women having then the same qualities have necessarily the same rights either no individual of the human species has any true rights or all have the same and he or she who votes against the rights of another whatever may be his or her religion color or sex has by that fact abjured his own it would be difficult to prove that women are incapable of exercising rights of citizenship although liable to become mothers of families and exposed to other passing indispositions why may they not exercise rights of which it has never been proposed to deprive those persons who periodically suffer from gout bronchitis etc admitting for the moment that there exists in men a superiority of mind which is not the necessary result of a difference of education which is by no means proved but which should be to permit of women being deprived of the natural right without injustice this inferiority can only consist in two points it is said that no woman has made any important discovery in science or has given any proofs of the possession of genius in arts literature etc but on the other hand it is not pretended that the rights of citizenship should be accorded only to men of genius it is added that no woman has the same extent of knowledge the same power of reasoning as certain men but what results from that only this 
that with the exception of a limited number of exceptionally enlightened men equality is absolute between women and the remainder of the men that this small class apart inferiority and superiority are equally divided between the two sexes but since it would be completely absurd to restrict to this superior class the rights of citizenship and the power of being entrusted with public functions why should women be excluded any more than those men who are inferior to a great number of women lastly shall it be said that there exists in the minds and hearts of women certain qualities which ought to exclude them from the enjoyment of their natural rights let us interrogate the facts elizabeth of england maria theresa the two catherines of russia have they not shown that neither in courage nor in strength of mind are women wanting elizabeth possessed all the failings of women did these failings work more harm during her reign than resulted from the failings of men during the reign of her father henry the eighth or her successor james the first have the lovers of certain empresses exercised a more dangerous influence than the mistresses of louis the fourteenth or louis the fifteenth or even of henry the fourth will it be maintained that mistress macaulay would not have expressed her opinions in the house of commons better than any representatives of the british nation in dealing with the question of liberty of conscience would she not have expressed more elevated principles than those of pitt as well as more powerful reasoning although as great an enthusiast on behalf of liberty as mr burke could be on behalf of its opposite would she while defending the french constitution have made use of such absurd and offensive nonsense as that which this celebrated rhetorician made use of in attacking it would not the adopted daughter of montaigne have better defended the rights of citizens in france in sixteen fourteen than the counsellor of courtine who was a believer in magic and occult powers was not the princess de ursins superior to camelard could not the marquis de chalet have written equally as well as m Roulet? would madame de lampert have made laws as absurd and as barbarous as those of the garde des sous of amunoville against protestants invaders of domestic privacy robbers and negroes in looking back over the list of those who have governed the world men have scarcely the right to be so very uplifted women are superior to men in the gentle and domestic virtues they as well as men know how to love liberty although they do not participate in all its advantages and in republics they have been known to sacrifice themselves for it they have shown that they possess the virtue of citizens whenever chance or civil disasters have brought them upon a scene from which they have been shut out by the pride and the tyranny of men in all nations it has been said that women in spite of much ability of much sagacity and of a power of reasoning carried to a degree equaling that of subtle dialecticians yet are never governed by what is called reason this observation is not correct 
women are not governed it is true by the reason and experience of men they are governed by their own reason and experience their interests not being the same as those of men by the default of the law the same things not having the same importance for them as for men they may without failing in rational conduct govern themselves by different principles and tend towards a different result it is as reasonable for a woman to concern herself respecting her personal attractions as it was for demosthenes to cultivate his voice and his gestures it is said that women although superior in some respects to man more gentle more sensitive less subject to those vices which proceed from egotism and hardness of heart yet do not really possess the sentiment of justice that they obey rather their feelings than their conscience this observation is more correct but it proves nothing it is not nature it is education it is social existence which produces this difference neither the one nor the other has habituated women to the idea of what is just but only to the idea of what is honne or respectable excluded from public affairs from all those things which are judged of according to rigorous ideas of justice or according to positive laws the things with which they are occupied and which are affected by them are precisely those which are regulated by natural feelings of honesty or rather propriety and of sentiment it is then unjust to allege as an excuse for continuing to refuse to women the enjoyment of all their natural rights motives which have only a kind of reality because women lack the experience which comes from the exercise of these rights if reasons such as these are to be admitted against women it will become necessary to deprive of the rights of citizenship that portion of the people who devoted to constant labor can neither acquire knowledge nor exercise their reason and thus little by little only those persons would be permitted to be citizens who had completed a course of legal study if such principles are admitted we must as a natural consequence renounce the idea of a liberal constitution the various aristocracies have only had such principles as these for foundation or excuse the etymology of the word is a sufficient proof of this neither can the subjection of wives to their husbands be alleged against their claims since it would be possible in the same statute to destroy this tyranny of the civil law the existence of one injustice can never be accepted as a reason for committing another there remain then only two objections to discuss and in truth these can only oppose motives of expediency against the admission of women to the right of voting which motives can never be held as a bar to the exercise of true justice the contrary maxim has only too often served as the pretext and excuse of tyrants it is in the name of expediency that commerce and industry groan in chains and that africa remains afflicted with slavery 
it was in the name of public expediency that the bastille was crowded that the censorship of the press was instituted that accused persons were not allowed to communicate with their advisers that torture was resorted to nevertheless we will discuss these objections so as to leave nothing without reply it is necessary we are warned to be on guard against the influence exercised by women over men we reply at once that this like any other influence is much more to be feared when not exercised openly and that whatever influence may be peculiar to women if exercised upon more than one individual at a time will in so far become proportionately lessened that since up to this time women have not been admitted in any country to absolute equality since their empire has none the less existed everywhere and since the more women have been degraded by the laws the more dangerous has their influence been it does not appear that this remedy of subjection ought to inspire us with much confidence is it not probable on the contrary that their special empire should diminish if women had less interest in its preservation if it ceased to be for them their sole means of defence and of escape from persecution if politeness does not permit to men to maintain their opinions against women in society this politeness it may be said is near akin to pride we yield a victory of no importance defeat does not humiliate when it is regarded as voluntary is it seriously believed that it would be the same in a public discussion on an important topic does politeness forbid the beginning of an action at law against a woman but it will be said this change will be contrary to general expediency because it will take women away from those duties which nature has reserved for them this objection scarcely appears to me well founded whatever form of constitution may be established it is certain that in the present state of civilization among european nations there will never be more than a limited number of citizens required to occupy themselves with public affairs women will no more be torn from their homes than agricultural laborers from their ploughs or artisans from their workshops and among the richer classes we nowhere see women giving themselves up so persistently to domestic affairs that we should fear to distract their attention and a really serious occupation or interest would take them less away than the frivolous pleasures to which idleness a want of object in life and an inferior education have condemned them the principal source of this fear is the idea that every person admitted to exercise the rights of citizenship immediately aspires to govern others this may be true to a certain extent at a time when the constitution is being established but the feeling can scarcely prove durable and so it is scarcely necessary to believe that because women may become members of national assemblies they would immediately abandon their children their homes and their needles they would only be the better fitted to educate their children and to rear men 
it is natural that a woman should suckle her infant that she should watch over its early childhood detained in her home by these cares and less muscular than the man it is also natural that she should lead a more retired a more domestic life a woman therefore as well as the man in a corresponding class of life would be under the necessity of performing certain duties at certain times according to circumstances this may be a motive for not giving her the preference in an election but it cannot be a reason for legal exclusion gallantry would doubtless lose by the change but domestic customs would be improved by equality in this as in other things up to this time the manner of all nations has been more or less brutal and corrupt i only know of one exception and that is in favor of the americans of the united states who are spread few in number over a wide territory up to this time among all nations legal inequality has existed between men and women and it would not be difficult to show that in these two phenomena the second is one of the causes of the first because inequality necessarily introduces corruption and is the most common cause of it even if it be not the sole cause i now demand that opponents should condescend to refute these propositions by other methods than by pleasantries and declamations above all that they should show me any natural difference between men and women which may legitimately serve as foundation for the deprivation of a right the equality of rights established between men by our new constitution has brought down upon us eloquent declamations and never-ending pleasantries but up till now no one has been able to oppose to it one single reason and this is certainly neither from lack of talent nor lack of zeal i venture to believe that it will be the same with regard to equality of rights between the two sexes it is sufficiently curious that in a great number of countries women have been judged incapable of all public functions yet worthy of royalty that in france a woman has been able to be regent and yet up to seventeen seventy six she could not be a milliner or dressmaker marchand des modes in paris except under cover of her husband's name and that lastly in our elective assemblies they have accorded to rights of property what they have refused to natural right many of our noble deputies owe to ladies the honor of sitting among the representatives of the nation why instead of depriving of this right women who were owners of landed estates was it not extended to all those who possessed property or were heads of households why if it be found absurd to exercise the right of citizenship by proxy deprive women of this right rather than leave them the liberty of exercising it in person End of on the admission of women to the rights of citizenship by nicholas de condorcet seventeen forty three to seventeen ninety four